What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Miami Nation podcast. I'm Alex Miller with the Eagle, joined by Travis Brown. He's back from Iowa. It's, the- I'm warm again. It was really cold up there. Well, you brought some of that weather with us, <laughs> with yourself, I should say. But uh, hey, Travis, basketball season's over, but that means spring football is here. Texas A&M kicks off 2023 spring practice later this afternoon. Uh, We'll have some coverage from the first day of practice, hopefully some video clips so you can read into, you know, who's with the first team, the second team. But Which it really usually doesn't matter. Means make, it means makes no nothing sense. until yeah. like August. So yeah. please, please, people, <laughs> take everything we post with a grain of salt as far as video clips go. It's a fluid situation. Anyway, we heard from Jimbo Fisher for like the first time in, I don't know, three months today. Yeah. Uh, it's been a minute since we've gotten to talk with AM's head coach. So... Travis, uh, what'd you just take away from just Jimbo and, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, just getting to hear from him for the first time in weeks. There was a lot of questions that needed to be answered after last season. Five and seven, uh, missing a bowl game, uh, getting a new offensive coordinator. There was there was a lot of things that were expected that were probably going to be asked in this press conference. I don't think Jimbo gave any good answers uh, to any of them. I, it seemed like a, a coach that came in and didn't really um, discuss uh, a lot of of the questions that that were going to didn't have any good answers for it. Um, you know, I know Brent Zornman asked him about uh, Steve Adazio, the offensive line coach who he retained, even though the offensive line was not good last year, and I believe his answer was yep. Uh, so uh, he went on then to expound on that a little bit more after after getting pushed, but he just didn't seem like he had his. Um, ducks in a row in this press conference and uh we didn't really get any great answers on what the offense is going to look like what the offensive scheme is going to be like he kind of gave a wishy-washy answer that seemed to indicate that bobby petrino was going to call plays but you couldn't really nail that down for certain uh you know there was reports that petrino uh was the uh a guy that they brought in for interview and then he ended up taking the job at UNLV and then they came back to him. He, he, he said that Petrino was his guy all the way along. He, he, he recruited him all along. So didn't really answer the question of, okay, well then why did he take a job at UNLV and you had to go back and get him? It, it just was a confusing press conference from start to finish. Yeah. You know, just listening to it, uh, it certainly, you know, left, maybe a little bit of a puzzling feel for some of the things. Um, So curious to see how things are going to get played out, but Hey, let's, let's dive into a few things that were said that we Mm -hmm. can dig into. Uh, First of all, we got to also hear from Anaya Smith, uh, who's coming back for an extra season uh, for going the NFL draft after his season ending injury last year. Just what do you think about what Anais had to say, why he came back, and just what his expectations are going into the season? I mean, I think ultimately when it comes down to it, the reason he came back was the fact that he suffered that season-ending injury early last season, and, and he, he needed some more film. He wanted to prove himself some more uh, before trying his uh, hand at, at the NFL and, and going on to the pro game. He, he needed that extra year. Uh, and, and so he he decided to to go ahead and take it. Talked to him to, on the side a little bit after the press conference, just about that decision a little bit more. And and he honestly said he needed to know by I believe it was February third, yeah, uh, that 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 he was going to if he was going to come back or not. And 
I mean, it was like down to about the night before uh, when he, he was still he, he had kind of moved heavily towards the I want to come back to, to A&M side. But but he wasn't quite sure. And I mean, it was really that night before where he finally kind of locked it in as the final answer uh, of, of what he wanted to do. So he definitely was weighing his options. A lot of it had to do with he was going through rehab. He was seeing how he was going to be able to come back from that broken leg and, and how everything was going. And, and, and he, he said he isn't even kind of comparing himself to who he was before that leg injury. He's kind of just getting better each day and, and, and turning himself into the player he's going to be this year, which is kind of a, an interesting take on it. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't, he, he, he mentioned, we actually didn't get to talk to Damani Richardson today, even though he was on the schedule. Uh, he had some other prior um, commitments, but uh, it was interesting that he said that in his t- conversation with Damani, Damani was pretty set in on coming back from the get go. It wasn't a whole lot of back and forth, but Anais, as he went through that uh, rehab uh, process and and was getting better. It was a it was a back and forth, and he was weighing a lot, and it came down to the wire on deciding if he wanted to come back or not. But he did. You know, uh, Anais coming back certainly a leadership component to that for A and M. At least they're going to have you know a veteran back on their team. I thought Sam Khan of the Athletic asked Anais a really good question, comparing you know the 2020 team to what is currently at A and M, and just how. Anum's 2020 team by far Jimbo's most successful team went nine and one, one spot away from getting in the College Football Playoff, won the Orange Bowl. He asked Anais, he was on that team. What did he see from that team that could maybe you know be replicated within A and M's current squad, trying to turn things around after a five and seven year? And just you know, accountability was a big a word that was commonly used, I should say. All of us media types, none of us are in the locker room. None of us are around the program day to day. So it's hard to quantify, to put into concrete terms what is actually going on within a program, uh, what that looks like from season to season. So I always kind of take some of these things with a little bit of a grain of salt because you just never know. And it's a football is a big team. There's a lot of different factions and and position groups and sides of the locker room and corners of the locker room to 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 know that there's never going to be one full on pulse of a team. There's going to be lots of different pulses, so it is hard to to know. But it it is interesting that accountability is the word because that does say that there was some lack of accountability last year. What that uh, entailed. I know there was a lot of guys, not a lot. There was a handful of guys who, who got in trouble, who were suspended. There was uh transfer portal talk. There was all kinds of the above. And, and so getting everything to as much of one kind of pulse on the team uh, certainly is a thing, but, but I, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like when we start seeing practice, when we start really seeing games and, and start seeing, in some certain situations, how leaders uh, bring themselves up. But it's hard to say. It's just really hard to say without being in that locker room every day. That's that's a fair point, Travis. Uh, You know, going back to what Jimbo had to say, I thought it was interesting. I mean, kind of coach speak here, but he said all positions are open for competition. And I think when it was asked, it was asked specifically about Connor Wegman after starting the last four games of the season. 
you know, it, it seems as if Connor Wegman would be A&M's starting quarterback, but uh, see if Max Johnson gives him a run for his money. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's any way that Connor Wegman isn't the starter coming into <laughs> this season with the way things have been built around him and, and the way that Jimbo's talked about him in the past. Um, he's always... It is a little surprising, but not necessarily all that surprising. He, he's talked as highly of Connor Wegman before Connor Wegman actually did anything than he has of any player since he's been at A&M. You know, he, he, he's kind of mentioned not wanting to put too much pressure on freshmen or guys who haven't uh, performed before, and, and he made it clear that this was his guy. So I would find it hard to believe. Wegman would have had to take some major steps back um, if he's not necessarily the starter heading into the season. So I think that's just the answer that you get out of any coach, any start of spring practice, because you want to see guys compete and you want to see guys um, – going out there for the job. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see Con- it being anybody other than Connor Wegman. I think I would agree with you, Travis. Mm-hmm. There's some going to be some guys that aren't going to be available during spring practice. So a couple of these, not necessarily surprising, um, but um, O-line certainly seems to, you know, three guys who started games last year are going to be out. Yeah. Hunter Erb, Bryce Foster, Matthew Wyckoff, Trey Zune, and Max Wright are all going to be out for the entirety of spring practice. Of course, you're looking at Bryce Foster, Matthew Wyckoff, and Trey Zune as all guys who have started on that offensive line. And as we mentioned before, an offensive line that wasn't necessarily that great last year, that, that needs a little bit more to that experience. Uh, Bryce Foster uh, is the only one he mentioned is because of uh, he, he's throwing shot put in track, and right. that's why he which that was out, expected uh, last year. That was that was yes expected. Um, the other two, Deuce Harmon and, and Jaden Platt, are guys that Jimbo seemed to indicate that there could be a chance that they would come back towards the end of uh, spring practice. But the, all of those guys are out, and um, yeah, I think as far as the offensive line goes, that's the biggest thing to look at because that's a lot of experience, a lot of possible starters that um, might not see any practice time in the spring. No major position changes among current players, but some more shakeup among the coaching staff. I mean, guys that were retained, they're going to be switching back to their kind of original spots and then uh, some new faces on the defense, of course. Yeah, you have the the James Coley, uh, uh, Damian Craig switch. It's flipping um, back to what it was. Right. Uh, and, and then uh, and I, I stepped in here, forgot his name. The the running backs coach per minute, uh, getting promoted from... Uh, a, a GA uh, Blackwell. Yes. Oh, that, that's that's on defense. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, you, you you can speak to this a little bit better than me because I was focused on some other stuff. <laughs> yeah, of course. Anum promoted an analyst. He's going to be coaching uh, safeties, which would insinuate that DJ Durkin is now going to be coaching linebackers. Correct. Um, we'll obviously confirm that when we go out to practice. But he's coached linebackers in the past. Had coached safeties last year after Mike Elko left. He coached safeties before that going through the tree but uh yeah um you know a little bit of shake up you know i thought it was pretty it was pretty notable last year at the beginning of fall camp when jimbo shook up a a couple of guys on the offensive side moved craig over to quarterbacks Mm -hmm. had dickie with the tight ends and uh coley with the receivers um seems like petrino is probably going to be working with the quarterbacks alongside jimbo that shouldn't be necessarily surprising at all though yeah i mean i think there's as much pressure on some of these guys who have been around for a while that are his assistants as there is Jimbo because there's they, they failed to produce last year. In some cases, you might argue Craig with the wide receivers, even the year prior, uh, didn't really 
produce as well as as it would be like uh, as as AM fans would have liked and and the team would have liked. So that is something to keep an eye on. As some of these guys have st- uh, stuck around, Adazio on the offensive line in his second season after not a great season last year. So uh, it's also another uh, a storyline to to be following. Travis, we've already touched on the offensive line, so we won't we'll we'll exclude that one because I think we can both agree that that is a position of you know question that we're going to be looking at for A and M. What's another position you might have your eye on to see just what just where things are kind of developing and trending as A and M goes through spring practice? Probably defensive secondary uh, and maybe running backs uh, would be two of them that that stick out. But definitely defensive secondary. You returned to Monty Richardson, but. There's going to be some new guys slotting in some different places, cornerback, um, a little bit of competition maybe for the other uh, safety position. So I think I'll be interested to see how that all shakes out in that. And then um, you've you got to look at a wide receiver because they, they return talent. It's not a matter of, of if they need to slot some new people in, but there was guys who filled in for guys last year who, who play the same position. Is, is Moose Muhammad going to move out wider and, and f- kind of – take on a different wide receiving position than that slot position he filled in for Anaya Smith uh, the last couple of years with Anaya Smith coming back. And then another thing that we mentioned earlier that we didn't touch on is uh, uh, Tyron Smith, the UTEP uh, wide receiver who was supposed to be a transfer in. Jimbo Fisher said there's a chance he might go back to UTEP. And and to go to our reporting of our, our good friend Colin Deaver out in uh, El Paso, um, he's been following this for a while. He's firmly believed, and I, I, I tweeted him, uh, retweeted his tweet today that that all his avenues to return to UTEP seem to be exhausted, um, according to to Colin De- Deaver out there at KTSM in uh, San Antonio. It's not San Antonio, El Paso, <laughs> uh, and and so uh, it'll be interesting for him because um, it, it, if this wasn't the right fit, the right move for him, I'm not sure um, where he can go from here, having already used his one time transfer to get to A and M. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's as much about Anaya Smith coming back, if it's about getting integrated into the program. Uh, we'll have to see as that shakes out. But that'll be interesting to follow because I'm not sure with how the transfer portal and the rules are now, what options that leaves him if he decides that he doesn't want to be at A&M. Well, Travis, I think we've covered our bases on this short little episode of the Miami Nation podcast. So thank you for your insight. We'll be back anytime this spring that they have a, a press conference for Jimbo Fisher and the players breaking stuff down. Yep. Until then, be sure to check all of our coverage on AM Athletics at theeagle.com. We'll see you next time.